Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. These two guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and lived to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke. Welcome into our draft special episode where Kyle breaks down all of the second round candidates the Wolves have their eye on. Kyle, go. <laughs> I was looking up mock drafts and it's like, man, it made me just feel really sad. Cause like I watched, yeah. I watched all of March Madness, and I kind of been plugged into the G League, and I'm. It wasn't even like pick fifty three that I was like, I don't know who that guy is. It was like pick nine. I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know who that guy is either. So, uh, Thursday should be fireworks. I would imagine again the Wolves have pick fifty three, but I would imagine they have all those seconds fill from that D'Angelo Russell trade, and with the CBA and everyone, we've talked about that at nauseum that they probably try to maybe come out of this with a couple guys. Well, they, um, they might need – they're going to need, like, Josh Minitz, especially if we can get, in, get into all this. If they're going to run this thing back mm-hmm. and start flirting with the second apron, like, they may actually need second-round picks to be rotation guys in, like, two years. And and it makes sense because the way they handled their rookies last year with Wendell and Josh, they basically just kind of brought them in and redshirted them. And it's like, we're going to teach you the wolf ways down in Iowa – um, so if you wolves do think, culture, we're going to yeah. teach you wolves culture, <laughs> we're going to yes. teach you wolves culture down in Des Moines, Iowa. So if they can figure out a way to get a couple of guys and kind of red shirt them again and have them be ready. I mean, you know, you have all those extra seconds. Why worry about them down the road? Why not get them in now and start to kind of, you know, essentially train them or coach them up in your program or your system. So yeah. should be some fireworks that night. I doubt anything massive, but if you're just a general NBA fan, I mean, with the Bradley Beal thing, I feel like more guys are going to get traded. That could be a really fun night. That's going to kick off probably a summer of massive trades or a lot of transactions. Oh, and now, and then Dray- Draymond just opted out of his, yep. his player's option and may or may not go back to the Warriors. You've got the Heat putting on a full court press for Damian Lillard, it sounds like. I and mean, this, this could be Pat Riley's last big godfather move. There's a couple big dominoes that need to fall here. And so far, I think maybe the best thing we can do here, and we we do plan on having another episode later this week 
Uh, Chris Finch is expected to join the Big Flagrant Howls podcast this week. So I think we can throw that tease out there. And if like it gets canceled for scheduling reasons or they drop a big blockbuster trade, then we will get him on at some point in the near future. But I think maybe the best thing we can do here, Kyle, is kind of just set the scene for what's the latest buzz, reporting, speculation surrounding the Timberwolves. And I will say, I think you can, because you were the one that sent the initial text idea to me after a couple of red wines about a month ago, a month and a half ago, the number three for Carl Anthony mm. Towns. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of brought it to life and filled out the actual players. And then we brought it to podcast. And we now have credible reporters like John Krasinski and others having to go into their athletic articles and say, and I'm paraphrasing here, but today he basically had to say, you know, all the steam about, you know, cat to the blazers. Like at this point, there's no legs at all whatsoever to that. So I just want to hat tip to you for being such a great (laughs) reckless speculator that now credible journalists are having to shoot down the idea of, uh, of your plausible trades. It, the, tr- the draft obviously starts on Thursday with number two at Charlotte because we all know Wembenyama is going to go number one. But we don't know what Charlotte's going to do. And then Portland at three is another kind of powder keg that's like ready to explode because what do they do? Do they do they make a big move? Like even today it was announced that for all the teams trying to pry Damian Lillard away, they kind of did the uh, reverse Uno card where they're like, actually, we're going to try to trade the three pick for Bam. Like we're going to mm-hmm. go to a team that has an established culture and we're going to we're going to put rumors out there that we're trying to take your guy. So I kind of like that from like a small market team. They kind of flexed back and we're like, you know what? No, we're actually going to come for your guy instead of it's you hilarious. Yeah. coaching ours for pennies on the dollar. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I It is weird. I'm said it. We've said it for months now. Like I'm a little more pro keeping call, running it back, seeing how it looks. But that everyone you talk to is just like, yeah, it's never even been a conversation on either side. Because it, as you pointed out, you don't have to like the idea and you can be want Carl. You can not want Carl. It makes Anytime I think about trades, folks, like, does it at least make sense for both sides? Right. And to me, it's like, it makes sense for both sides, especially when Portland's tied to other guys that are, you know, like Paul George is probably a better player, but he's older. He has an injury history. Like Pascal Siakam, they've been tied to some guys. It's like, you wouldn't want to have Carl, but it does seem like that has no legs. It does seem like this team, at least from Minnesota's standpoint, is going to lean into what they got. And the big domino for them will be, you know, July 1st or maybe before. It's like, do they re-sign... Nas Reed. Uh, that was another kind of uh, bullet point in John's article. Chris Hine of the Star Tribune, who does really good work. He actually kind of had a sit down over Zoom with Nas. Um, really good. I mean, it, it really seems to feel like Nas wants to come back. I've had someone tell me this kind of close to this stuff. It's like it's 50-50 proposition, which I know sounds like a nothing burger, but I think 50-50 is actually pretty good because I don't think it was 50-50 three months ago. Yeah. Um, again, that's a, a coin flip, like great reporting by me, but if you have a 50, 50 <laughs> chance and, and that guy, I mean, Nas posted, he was at the gym or a practice facility, 10 45 last night. Like he's there, he's with those guys. It's been told to me like aunt and Jaden are like college recruiting, trying to keep him around. They love that guy. So that'll be one of the bigger dominoes that falls. We might have to wait another week or so, but getting Nas back, kind of running it back, adding a couple of young guys into your program. That, that's probably what we're going to expect from this summer. And then this next season will be kind of when the fireworks start to go. Yeah. So just like to run through the latest here, and then we can keep going. Down. I think we should go down the Nas path because there are there's basically three options mm-hmm. for what you can do. But Nas Reed, as you said, and Carl Anthony Towns, by the way, there was some some TikTok evidence that he was also at the facility 
either yesterday or this morning. So like everyone's kind of around here. It's it's a, like Gobert came over from Europe and and he's in town here. So uh, the band is all back together. Even the questionable guys like Nas Reed at Mayo Clinic Square for a workout. So that's cool. And according to John Krasinski's reporting, Wolves Brass would love to bring Nas Reed back, like from ownership mm-hmm. to front office, that everyone agrees. Love this guy. He's a he's a Wolves culture guy, if you will, and he's 23 years old. He fits the Ant timeline better than the other two big guys on the roster do, age-wise. Um, all indications are, this is another bullet point here, all indications are right now the Wolves are planning to sort of run it back as best they can. My concern, though, is, okay, you're going to run it back, out Nas Reed if he goes and signs somewhere else? Like, this is my worry is that maybe they're getting baited into making a decision here because, oh, we kind of gave the Nuggets a run in the first round and injuries to Carl and Gobert had a knee thing and, like, let's just get the band back together. I don't know that it's that simple, but on that Cat to Portland deal, which seems like a logical discussion point, m- multiple people are saying there's no steam at all whatsoever on a Cat to Portland discussion even although I did see a nugget that the Blazers have reportedly talked to Washington about Porzingis kind of a similar type player to cat just like a perimeter big who can't really be the number one or maybe even number two guy on a championship team but like this thing if the Blazers are talking to Washington about Porzingis for the number three then they should be talking to the Wolves about cat as well but anyways that's that's kind of the latest bucket of information here you know a couple days before the draft yeah, I think the Porzingis one came from, I believe I have his name right, Evan Massey, yeah. uh, who is about uh from my is about as credible as Clem the Clementine. Clem um, the Clem the Clementine. Uh, I'm not appearance. sure we uh, anyone who's following Evan Massey, it's probably a waste of your time. But uh so yeah, we can if, we can take that and put it off to the if, side then. If, if, if I think it's actually really smart to bring that up because it's like, okay, well, if, if they're interested in that unicorn or whatever, why wouldn't you want the one who's just younger and Yes, I mean, Carl had that injury that was pretty massive this past year, but I would not deem Carl Anthony Towns as injury-prone like I would with Porzingis. So who knows? I mean, it might also be the fireworks of Thursday is just the Blazers keep the third pick, take who's ever left out of, you know, Scoot and Brandon Miller, and then kind of just figure it out later this summer. Um, You know, the order of operations are obviously the draft, a week to breathe, and then free agency, but so much can happen as we already saw with the Bradley Beal thing. So, yeah, back to the running it back topic i i mean i want nas here i think you want nas here mm-hmm. uh it it comes down to and i know dane moore's kind of been all over this on the cba conversations but um do you just run it back by paying everyone and having everyone you know blow up your salary and then figure it out next year when guys values are going to be different and then are you going to run into a situation like the bradley beal thing where it's like you got to dump a guy for nothing or is it more like what we saw with D'Angelo Russell at the trade deadline where it's like you also had to make a move at some point and you waited a little longer than people thought and then you actually got what I would deem was pretty good value for D'Lo in, in Nah and Mike Conley in three seconds. So that's why, again, they paid Tim Conley the big bucks. Um, but by everyone's account, I mean, when, when, when John says that ownership is also excited to run it back or also on, on that same path, you got to think that John's kind of saying too that like they understand the financial ramifications and what's happening. I mean, they Mark and Alex and Glenn like are CC'd on <laughs> these meetings. Like they know yeah. about what's going on. So signing Nas to me seems like the biggest domino for this team because it gives you more flexibility. And I know we've all talked about, well, do you trade Carl in February? Do you trade Carl next summer? 
no one's ever really brought up, and I'm just don't like why they couldn't trade Rudy if it doesn't work. I mean, I know I know you've invested a lot in him, but you're saying like like this next week, summer. this week, or next next summer. Next summer, it's like if if you find out that Carl got his All NBA, you know, kind of charisma back next summer, Rudy will only have two years left on his deal. Yeah, the second year's a player option. As Ryan Russillo likes to say, I'm guessing he's going to lean into that and opt in at like 45 million. But who knows? So I mean the the Bradley Beal deal was so bad because he still had like four years, I think 200 million. The Rudy Gobert deal next summer only has one guaranteed year, and you know 40 million. So yeah, I think they have a lot of options. But yeah, going back to just the genesis of this is that by trading all those picks, you need to keep all your guys and then just kind of figure it out later. And losing Nas for nothing, someone who is probably your be- best development story in 34 years, would be kind of a death blow. Uh, not to, overall, you can still win games, you can still figure it out, but yeah. you can't just let that guy walk. So I hope they resign him, and we'll find out in the next 7 to 10 days. But then, like, God, you're still... I think what's crazy about this is you're still asking a lot of the same questions today as you were 11 months ago. About mm-hmm. this team, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're wondering to what extent can Gobert and Cat play together. You're wondering to what extent can Carl Anthony Towns keep his composure in the biggest games and be an asset to you in the playoffs. Um, I think the things you have figured out are Anthony Edwards took a big step. Jaden McDaniels mm-hmm. is a lockdown defender with a blossoming offensive game, but it it really sucks for the Wolves that they didn't answer all of the questions last year, mm-hmm. right? Because because you'd be able to make more clear-minded decisions right now. But any decision you make is sort of caked in, uh, I'm not 100% sure about this, but, you know, on the on the Nas front real quick, let's go down the Nas path because okay. I think that's the one thing we can both and most of Wolves fans can agree. Have you ever talked to a Wolves fan that just doesn't want Nas Reed around for the next few no. years? No. <laughs> like, he, right? he wouldn't have the second high, as much as we love Jade McDaniels, who has, I guess, deemed himself the nickname Alfredo, which is a topic for another day. Uh, Nas Reed probably has the second highest Q score on the team behind Ant. Yeah, like, I mean, Jaden. we love like it's it's Minnesota, man. We love we love grinders who are underdog stories who are developed from within here. He's not like a mercenary. Gobert's kind of a mercenary that comes mm-hmm. in from a different team in a different country. You know, it's a little harder to sort of like get fully behind, like Carlos Correa with the Twins. He's no, a mercenary, don't you know, and, and then he tried to sign with two other teams and then the medicals got rejected. It's easier to get behind Royce Lewis, who was the number one overall pick by the twins. He's gone through a couple ACL tears or kind of. So I think just because Nas Reed came in and he, you know, he goes and slays the Vegas summer league and he's worked his ass off and added to his game. He's just like the type of story and the type of hard nosed player that you want to build your culture around. Yep. I'm not saying he's better than Cat or better than Rudy, but he's just a really good piece and culture guy. And the NBA now makes it almost impossible starting in a year from now for the Wolves to keep this whole roster together with Nas and Gobert and Cat and the Anthony Edwards contract and the Jaden McDaniels contract without going into the second luxury tax apron. With I, I don't want to get into all those details here on this podcast because I think our heads are going to explode, but basically... The second luxury tax apron, in addition to being more expensive, because it's a luxury tax apron, is loaded with roster building restrictions that make it harder to trade, make it harder to sign peripheral players, mid-level exception, kaput. So if the Wolves re-sign Nas Reed without offloading any other big contracts, they're going to be in a really weird spot next summer. 
So that's that's like the first kind of just layer to all of this. And I think the other thing, too, is just forget about the salary ramifications. Nas Reed only played 18 minutes a night last year. Mm-hmm. Now, he played more when the other guys were injured. But if everyone's healthy, are there 25 to 30 minutes for him on an average night? Because there's other teams out there, like if the Lakers wanted to make a run or if, you know, there's all kinds of teams that would love Nas Reed. Those teams could probably guarantee him 25 or 30 minutes a night and the, you know, 12, 13 million dollars a year. So, like, th- these are all the big things you have to figure out behind the scenes. Like, the minutes thing is a big thing to me. If I'm Nas Reed and another team can get me more minutes and I can build up my profile for my next contract, whatever it is, or I can just competitively play more basketball, I'm interested in that. I think the minutes thing is, from people you talk to, I think the minutes thing is bigger than the dollar amount because I think we have a rough idea of how much he can get whether it be on the open market or with the Wolves, I don't think the Wolves are necessarily like lowballing him, despite all the financial issues that they have yeah. on their books. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if 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 the numbers are close, I really believe Nas will stay. But if the number, like you know, if the playing time things come in comes into play, like if the Spurs, because they're kind of a hot topic right now around the draft, like if they just came in and said, "Hey, we'll pay you, you know, four years, seventy million." And you just get to start kind of at pseudo center alongside Victor Wembanyama. Like, I if as one of the biggest Nas Reed fans, that's like Nas, you got to go. <laughs> like, you got to take mm-hmm. that deal because that's a life changing money and a life changing opportunity. Um, but I'm with you on if they can even offer him enough money that other teams like, yeah, we would offer you that. He would take the Wolves, but it does come down to, you know, not only is Carl healthy and then Rudy healthy, but. Kyle Anderson was kind of playing a lot of those minutes at like the four. So that's a, you you can have three really talented front court guys and rotate them in and figure out different lineup combinations. But when you figure out that fourth one, even though I know Kyle plays a lot of guard in the way they, they kind of run their offense. uh, That's just a lot of minutes and responsibilities and talented guys. And if you're telling Nas like, Hey, we can pay you what most of the other teams can pay you, but we can only give you 18 minutes. That might be the thing that's like, well, you know, I'm going to go play 35 for the Hornets or something. Yeah. So well, I think that's and, a really good thing you bring up. And even like the minutes that you would find for him, and this is maybe a small sample size alert thing, but Nas played in terms of pairings, right? Nas played 200 minutes alongside Rudy Gobert last season with Cat out. He's playing a little bit more with Rudy Gobert. Those lineups, those two-man lineups with Nas and Gobert on the court were outscored by 10 points per 100 possessions. So that's another thing. Okay, we're going to find you more minutes. But some of those minutes have to be with Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Is yep, there yep. evidence that says you can you can be better than getting outscored by 10 points per 100 possessions? Because it's not as simple as, oh, we found you some minutes. Well, the lineup mm-hmm. combos have to be effective. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like you're going to be throwing those games away. To me, we're, the June 20th, we have nothing to talk about right now. So listen, Dane Moore has been doing most of the pods and we're all talking about the numbers. We're all, it's very in the weeds. It's very in depth to me. It's actually not as difficult. It just comes back to like, just sign the guy, like get him in, keep the asset. And yes, everyone keeps talking about summer 2024. You're going to have massive salary implications and massive decisions. I get all that, but you can also make transactions prior to June and July of 2024. It's, it's not the same but it is very similar to the D'Lo stuff for when they traded Rudy for Rudy. They're like, okay, well now, you know, you have this core four. Are you going to re-sign 
D'Angelo Russell, and that's your starting five moving forward. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of waited literally until the last minute. You know, if they don't trade D'Lo at the deadline, they lose him this summer for nothing. And then you're like, okay, now we don't have a point guard. Now we don't have, you know, a, a pet project in Nah that we can kind of invest in and see if we can grow him with the court. We don't have these extra picks. So I would just sign Nas to as much as you can humanly afford. And then, yeah, next summer is the deadline to figure it out. But you can always trade Carl in February, trade Rudy in February, trade Nas in February. Uh, but you just, I, I just don't know how this team can afford to lose a guy that's that talented. You know, even if you sign him and trade him in December, which I think is when he'd be eligible to be moved, you just got to find – you can't lose assets when you're a small market team. You just can't do it. Uh, but everything you said about the minutes and all that stuff, it makes sense. I don't know. That's kind of – you know, maybe that's something we can bring up to Finch. Uh, it's like, this is kind of your problem now. Once the front office brings the talent and you got to figure out how to, how to make the lineups work. Uh, and the Nas Rudy pairing was not good, but you know, is it cause Rudy, was it Rudy wasn't healthy or is they just not fit? I just know that the best this team looked and they didn't look that good very often this last season, the best they looked was when they had Nas in the rotation. It was just a West coast swing for a week, but when what Nas does, this team doesn't have a guy like that, and I just don't think they can afford to lose him. So basically, your three options are you re-sign him, and we're talking somewhere between ten and fifteen million dollars yeah. a year, probably. Mm-hmm. I, I probably falls around twelve or thirteen million. So re-sign him and keep the other two bigs, and just sort of like you said, just sort of deal with the new CBA ramifications next summer mm-hmm. when every team knows that you're trying to deal with those ramifications that's my worry is that you put yourself in a really weird spot next summer with no leverage because teams know that like you're desperate to offload but that is an option option two is you resign Nas and then you move one of the other units whether it's Gobert for 30 cents on the dollar or the Carl Anthony Towns trades we've been talking about there is a third option here hat tip to a dunking with wolves the blogger platform. Yep. Yeah. You could explore a sign and trade. It just kind of floated this. There's not like a lot of details here, but you could explore. They brought up the Suns, for instance. Like the, the Suns are already in the luxury tax cool. and have nine more roster spots to fill. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of speculation that they could trade DeAndre Ayton to free up some cap space and bring back, like trade Ayton for two or three other guys that can help mm-hmm. fill out your rotation. And then without DeAndre Ayton, they'd be looking for a more cost-effective big man who's versatile. So a team like that, would it make sense to, if you if, if Nas just says, hey, man, the playing time's not going to work for me. All right, what if we help? What if we facilitate a sign-and-trade, get assets back for Nas in some form? That's something that hasn't been talked about a lot, but is that's there any reason no- why that's not a conversation, I guess, in the next couple weeks? No, and usually sign in trades involve having good relationships with the players that are outgoing. And I, mm-hmm. again, that's kind of been my one sticking point with what I think Tim Connolly is really good at is I do think he has good relationships with this. He's a big part of what they're trying to do with this culture, right? Like culture takes time. He was credited with a lot of the Denver culture stuff. Uh, I don't sign in trades are so above my pay grade because as the CBA develops and changes I, I don't know what all the rules are with some of that stuff but it is a good idea and it just circles back to like again this idea that you cannot lose Nas for nothing I also thought there in terms of the blogosphere another former blogger uh it was at let me check it was at Kyle Tiger. he just said that uh <laughs> just go full Joe Smith and just agree to a deal under the table 
and just figure it out later. Like what, what's Adam Silver going to do? Take away their draft picks? Like, buddy, we don't yeah. got any. So just uh, <laughs> just see if Nas will handshake Glenn under the table. One of Glenn's last moves before he moves out. Uh, yeah, take our bit. three second round picks. Yeah, go ahead. Have them. Yeah, have, have them. All. That's fine. We got Nas Reed. So they're going to have to figure it out. And it, I mean, obviously it's good that ownership is on board with wanting him. I hope that that's not just like, and again, John, John can't say everything that he knows in an article, but I hope it's not just like Glenn and Mark being like, yeah, we like Nas. I hope that comment's you, more like we're willing because that's the one thing that's going to come up. Like if Mark Laurie does interviews this summer as they transition the power, like someone at some point is going to ask Mark, who is, I think, the more vocal member of the new leadership is like, I- I've been beating this drum kind of by myself. But the day that they sold that team, someone from the Blazers, who I'm friends with out here, was like they instantly made $200 million the day that they bought that team because they were sold for. I mean, you saw the Hornets the other day. Michael Jordan mm-hmm. sold the Hornets, I think, for like north of three billion. Yes, they don't. The Hornets have a better, more updated stadium than Target Center, but they're still in the market for a new stadium at some point. That those numbers don't make sense. Don't really want to talk about them at summer, but like, there's really no reason the Charlotte Hornets went for almost double what the Minnesota Timberwolves did. So I'm saying all that to come back to like. We don't know what the new ownership is going to be like when it comes to paying a potential tax bill. Like, yeah, you don't want to be in the second apron and all that stuff for multiple years, pay repeater taxes. But like, it's okay to pay luxury tax payments one year if you have a contending team. So, yeah, when they say they're cool with, you know, we want to re-sign Nas, is it because they like the kid or because they're down to swallow luxury tax payments down the road and that's something we haven't really discovered yet and is going to have to come to light here sooner than sooner than later i actually have on the ownership front i have another question to run by you we will get to kyle's question of the week here in the last few minutes but a shout out to our good friends at power lodge and miller marine and look at this we have b-roll that's right for the youtube audience kyle we have b-roll this high production value here power lodge and miller marine it's all about throttle therapy, and uh, if you want to get one of these Bennington pontoons out on a large body of water, uh, you are highly encouraged here. Maybe you're still trying to shake off the disappointing sort of weird end of the wolf season. <laughs> Maybe we can get Jaden McDaniels and Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert, the guys who are punching things and each other, all together on one of these Benningtons sometime this summer here. A little team-building action Power Lodge with three locations in Brainerd, Onami, and Ramsey, and Miller Marine in St. Cloud, PowerLodge.com, or MillerMarine.com. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. So, okay, here is a couple things. Credible reporting, Johnny K, yep, others around, have essentially said, all's quiet on the Carl Anthony Towns trade front. And that's fine. Like, we're still mm-hmm. a couple days before the draft here. It's not something that you would want out circulating. One, because I don't think you want to negotiate publicly right now on any front. Mm-hmm. But two, I don't think Carl is the type of personality that you can just like put the toothpaste back in the tube. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you had like a month's worth of not just like Phil and Kyle on a podcast floating Blazers trade ideas, <laughs> but 
But like Shams and Woj and Johnny Craw and all these guys credibly reporting the Wolves are having preliminary discussions with the Knicks, with the Blazers. Carl doesn't seem like the type of guy that would just sort of shrug his shoulders and be like, ah, whatever, it's life in the NBA. Mm -hmm. I think he would be viscerally hurt by that. So if you have to be really careful and delicate with any sort of Carl Anthony Towns trade discussion, and you better be damn sure that you're going down that path. That's my gut feeling. Do you disagree with that or am I? No, I, again, we've stated our stances on Carl. I don't think it is a hot take to say that he is an emotional person. Like he yeah. wears his emotions on his sleeves. He, he's very emotional, which, which again has made me pro Carl in a lot of senses because he kind of does tell it like it is at times in post game things. There's been a lot of cringeworthy stuff. We've gone over that, but yeah, I'm with you on the fact that if I don't think he would be as open to just being like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's business in the NBA. I don't think anyone likes that. Like even Chris Paul the other day did an interview after he got traded that was like, I was blindsided and he took some shots, but he's a vet, like an older mm -hmm. vet who's been around this even longer. I don't think Carl would like to know that he was being shopped. Yeah. So that's kind of like one thought of mine. Okay. Another one is why, why would it not be a conversation for all the reasons we have talked about, right? For the luxury tax, just the fit long-term with Anthony Edwards age, all of it, like his contract going up to 50 some million dollars next year and a year from now, and it being just harder to match salaries. Like it's so much easier to trade him now than next year. Mm-hmm. And this is a front office that clearly has explored all options, i.e. Mm -hmm. the Gobert trade last year. I'm not saying that, like, you have to absolutely trade him now. But I'm saying, why would it be a non-starter for them? Why would it not be a discussion? All the reporting right now is that, hey, there's been nothing, no steam at all whatsoever on a Carl Anthony. There's there's not even anything from any other. No, there's no, sometimes you get the drive-by, like, the Knicks reporter will hear something about the Knicks having it. Like, there's not even back-channel reports out there. It is just straight quiet, which leads me to believe that, yeah, these are accurate reports. They are just going to run it back. Would it not make sense, though, to be at least dabbling in this discussion? Which leads me to my third thing real quick to tie it together. Is there a chance Glenn Taylor, and we all know what happened with Andrew Wiggins back in the day, right? I want I want him to look me in the eye before I give him a briefcase full of $100 bills or whatever. Is there a chance Glenn probably loves Cat, right? I mean, his dad sits courtside. He's been a franchise player for eight years. He was Flip's guy. Like, there's all these connections. And he's gone through a lot. Cat's gone through a lot with his family and stuff. Like, is it possible Glenn has a really soft spot for Cat? And even if... Connolly and or Lori and or A-Rod were to say, there's a lot of reasons why it makes sense to explore this. Could it be Glenn's final sort of stamp on the franchise with what? Nine months until this thing goes through and he's no longer the majority owner for him to stand in and say, not on my watch. We're not moving him on my watch. I don't think it's possible. I think it's super likely. Like, I really do. Again, uh, I'm well aware, not only being a fan, but covering this team, of all the stuff that has historically gone down with this team for, like, the last 20 years. Uh, and some of that is, like, 
no franchise, I think, in other professional American sports has taken this long to have, like, new owners transition. Like, Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez, for as successful as they are in other businesses, they are literally, like, Glenn Taylor's interns. They are. They're, they're interns. <laughs> so, I mean, the, when the Suns were sold, and that was different because there was some kind of, you know, pushing out old ownership and bringing it. I mean, Matt Ishbida, not saying that name right, uh, has uh, already Ish traded. Ishbia? Matt, Matt, the guy from Michigan State. Matty Ish. Yeah, Matty Ish has already <laughs> come in and traded for Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal and had the new owner syndrome way worse than, like, Mark and Alex. Yeah. Like, even the Michael Jordan stuff. Like, I know he's still, like, involved in some of the draft stuff, but they agreed, they sold the team, and, like, it gets finalized, I think, at, like, next Board of Governors. So, yeah, as much as we want to focus on, like, the CBA stuff, which is really only thing Wolves fans can talk about this summer, so I get it. Um, because there aren't really, you know, again, we're not hammering the 53rd pick and doing all the draft research. A, a topic oh, that is something you're gonna, that you're is, just not going to do that, even though we I'm, promised it on this episode. Yeah, that's okay. my bad. I job description. I, uh, it's something that's going to come up now. Like, or, you know, I have tasks I got to get done in October. I don't worry about them now. I don't think fans want to worry about that now, but Glenn is going to, whether it be December, 2023 or March, 2024, not be the guy. And I'm sure Mark and Alex will say all the nicest things. The way Alex talks about Glenn Taylor <laughs> is so funny to me. It's like his favorite grandpa. But at some point, like Mark and Alex are going to want that, you know, pride and that image of like, no, this is our team. And I think until Glenn gives the keys over, he might just be like, I don't want like, because if you trade Carl, Phil, going back to all the stuff we've talked about, even if you do get like the third pick and all this stuff that obviously now doesn't seem likely. I'm pretty positive that if you trade Carl this summer, you take a talent step back. Financially, you might take four steps forward. You might get younger guys, but like mm -hmm. from a pure talent, the Daryl Morey idea of like just bring me the talent and we'll make it work. You're taking a step back. Glenn Taylor, who has overseen this franchise and saved them, you know, 34 years ago and has rarely seen success, and he's finally on his way out. Like, do you think that man's like, yeah, you know what? The last season of my tenure, I'd love to just be a lottery team. I don't think that's the case. So it's not even a conspiracy theory. I'm I'm totally with you on that. And to the point of no leaks. The one thing that you've heard other people talk about with this, and it was the same with Tim Conley in Denver. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves might be one of the five most tight lipped front offices. All of a sudden I always harken back and, you know, joke about the late great flip Saunders who would like come on K fan on Fridays and, you know, post images of their draft board. <laughs> like he was very open and I, I enjoyed that as a fan. Yeah. I think Gerson Rosas was, snaky enough that he had maybe detractors that when they did do some of the behind the scenes communications, people would want to leak it because not everyone loved Gerson. Dude, dude, Ger Gerson became like a monthly guest on our radio show and podcast. He was yeah. like legitimately a regular contributor on the show. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, uh, I will not comment on that man. I'm afraid of him. I, uh, so in like with Tim Connolly, I, I just don't, I don't, I think he has all of his guys, that are in that front office, um, you know, Demps and uh, Matt and Sasha and all those guys, I think they're very tight lips. So when you were saying, why isn't it at least like a talking point? I think it might be. I think behind closed doors, you know, encrypted meetings, like they're talking about everything, like even stuff that might blow my mind. Like this is what we could get for Jaden if we yeah. have to pivot that way. Like, I, I think a good front office has all those conversations about everyone, but I, I think it's twofold that maybe it doesn't get out to the public. And then also too, they might just be 
it's a really weird we don't bring it up enough we used to talk about it more but now that we see glenn's tenure kind of ending it's a really weird situation what they have going on that they have new owners that are becoming more and more vocal more and more invested but still have to defer to the old guy and it's like that, it's like succession which yes, my wife and i are now three seasons into basically oh good for you yeah. it is like oh. succession it's weird dude the last the last episode of season three for anyone who dabbles and I know we got to go here. We're going to save Kyle's question of the week for our second episode this week. Uh, gosh, there's just, I don't want to talk inside baseball on it. Cause I know mo- like most people probably haven't seen like the full thing, but what a show. What it's a show. one of my five favorite shows of all time. It's I'm Incredible. on season two now. It is fantastic. Also, I know we have to go, but I want to throw this out there too. It's on Apple TV. It is a life-changing show. Check out shrinking. Okay. With Jason Siegel. Uh, he is a therapist whose life is completely upside down. Harrison Ford's in it, a ton of really awesome characters. Shrinking has made me, every episode makes me cry, uh-huh. and every episode makes me laugh. So shrinking, but yes, Succession, <laughs> the Timberwolves are going through what I would deem as end of season three, early season four, Succession. Yeah, that's what's happening right now. So, all right, uh, he's Kyle. I'm Phil. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us during the offseason here on Flagrant House. If you could click the subscribe button and the like button on the Score North YouTube channel, and also on Apple Podcasts, if you give us a five-star review, and a positive or a five-star rating positive review, then we can help spread the word about this Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. And we hope to see you and hear you again uh, or talk at you again later this week. Oh, Finchy. Finch.